The people around us are remarkable, and all it takes are a few questions to discover something intriguing or inspiring. Welcome to T-Town Stories, a show dedicated to the one and only Tuscaloosa and hosted by Quana. You can call him Q. He'll be queuing up questions to locals with diverse experiences and backgrounds. This is our town and our stories. This is T-Town Stories. Well, Joey, my name is Quana, and um, I've tried to put in my email the enunciation of it. And I want to make sure that I enunciate your last name right. And I'm going to give it a shot, and then you correct me if uh, you need to. So so it's uh, Joy Ufamadu. 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 Okay, emphasis. Emphasis is important. Yes, yes. Ufamadu. Yes, perfect, perfect. All right. Well, I'm so excited to be able to chat with you today, and uh, I'm excited for the listeners to hear about your journey, your uh, your book, and we'll get into all that. But you've lived in Tuscaloosa for several years now, so I'd love to just hear about your Tuscaloosa connection. What have you done here? What are you doing now? So, like many, um, I came to Selma. I mean, to Tuscaloosa. Sorry, to attend the University of Alabama. And so, you know, I honestly um, graduated UA in two years, and I just stayed in Tuscaloosa. I've been living in Tuscaloosa for ten years now, and I just love T Town. You know, um, I'm currently working as a disability accommodation specialist about um, in the Office of Disability Services at UA now. What do you do in that role? essentially assist students with disabilities, with getting registered with our office um, and helping them with accommodation. So helping them with things that they need to have access to the academic mm. setting. Very nice. Yeah. So how long have you been at UA? So I've been working at UA for a year. And prior to that, um, I worked as a special education teacher at Bryant High School. Okay. So that was my first ever real job coming out of um, UA, actually at the age of 20, which was a very interesting thing. Um wow. And so, yeah, I worked at Bryant for five years in total. I actually left and came back, um, but I worked there for five years in total and then transitioned into this role. So I've been working um, at UA for a little over a year. So you were a young graduate from UA. Yes. I um, In Selma, I graduated from an early college program, and I also skipped a grade um, when I was in the first grade. I went to second grade early. So it made me be a young graduate, which, again, yeah. was pretty interesting. Some of my students were 18 already. Some were older, you know, but it, it things worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very cool. Well, uh, so what else have you done in Tuscaloosa? Work-wise, um, I've worked at the Phoenix House which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's um, a place for people who are in recovery. Um, So I've worked there. I've interned at uh, Bradford Health Center, um, Alabama Institute for Deaf and Blind. I've also had like speaking opportunities around Tuscaloosa. Uh, So those are just kind of a few things. Yeah, that's awesome. 10 years, a great track record, it sounds like. When you entered into college, did you know that that was kind of the the trajectory you wanted to take your career? I did not. Um, I thought I was going to be a doctor. Um, And so I'm Nigerian. My parents were born and raised in Nigeria. (laughs) And there's like a running joke that if you're Nigerian, your parents are going to want you to be a doctor or an engineer. They're not going to hear anything else. Thought that even though it's not what I wanted, but I was like, okay, this is what I have to do, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So I, I originally started at UAB and I didn't like it at all. I didn't like biology at all. So, you know, I kind of had like a powwow moment with my parents. And I remember my dad being like, okay, what are you good at? You know, and I'm like, well, I'm good at working with my little brother. And so that's how I ended up pursuing special education at UA. So you went down the path of, I guess you could call it counseling and just raising awareness. Yeah. Absolutely. So- yeah. Special education and I got a master's in counseling. Um, so that's just kind of been my aim, you know, yeah. and it's in rehabilitation counseling. So that's geared towards people with, with disabilities. And it sounds like that has um, not only spilled over into just your career, but in your side passions as well. But, but before I get into asking you about that, you mentioned your brother. Is your brother yes. someone who would fall into this category of, of people you work with? Yes, absolutely. Um, he's been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Um, and so he's kind of been an inspiration for a lot of things. It's only now that I'm really sitting back and being like, wow, that's, that's kind of driven me and choosing my career path with choosing job. You know, a lot of times I'm like, okay, what can I get out of this to help my brother or this person remind me of my brother, you know, like, yeah. and it drives me to be even more helpful. So is he a uh, younger brother? Yes. So okay. he is actually 20. And yeah, he's the youngest of all of us. How many are uh, brothers and sisters are there? There are four of us. Growing up, did you find yourself immediately being drawn to helping and or was that cultivated in your family or just curious about that kind of development? Yeah, like no one asked me to. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I, my earliest memory is just one summer, um, me just saying like, come on, Godson, that's his name. And me just being like, come on, Godson, like, you know, let's learn these songs. And we would learn songs and, you know, I would pretend to be his teacher, you know, and it would just it would be so awesome because I had not been used to having like back and forth conversations with him, you know, but through songs we were able to do that. So, you know, it's just something that started there and it just kind of kept going to the point where we were just, you know, attached at the hip, like (laughs) we were always together. Oh man, what a, what a blessing for him to have a sister like you in his life to see how this has culminated in inspiring parts of your life is, is very cool to see. So you authored a book and you were clearly inspired by some of what we already talked about. Tell us about things you've written and then maybe even what you're working on. Yeah, yeah. So um, last year I, I published a book um, called Chingeri. And so uh, that book was kind of, again, it seems like all of my work, like art imitates life. All of my work is kind of based on my experiences. But that book was, um, you know, created to help create awareness and to help, you know, people feel comfortable and confident in their differences. So in the book, the main character is teased because of her name. And so that was something that I experienced. And so, you know, I wanted people to know that it's okay to be different and to use something that I initially viewed as negative because I'm like, oh, I hate my name. I hate my culture. You know, growing up, that was my thing, you know, but I want people to kind of have the revelation that I had later in life. I want them to have it a little bit earlier and be like, oh, it is fine to be different, you know, make yeah. it cool and good for yourself. So that was my first book. And the second book is actually Chingueres' Brother. This book is about my relationship with my little brother. The purpose of it is just to help people know again that it's okay to be different. You know, if you are a sibling of a person with a disability, particularly autism spectrum disorder, you know, I put some things in there about um, the main character, Ihechi's characteristics. 
so that they would know, like, if they see this, this is not odd. This is okay. You know, don't try to change them, you know, because growing up, I didn't know anybody with autism. We were just like, why is this happening? You know, like we could not understand it. But I think, you know, if someone were to read it and they have a little brother or a little sister or big brother, cousin, whoever, you know, or even a friend, they can recognize like, yeah, some of these things are related to the diagnosis, but that shouldn't stop you from cultivating a relationship with them. And that, you know, communication is not just words. There are so many ways that we communicate that are actually more powerful than speaking anyway. So um, that is my latest book. Yeah. That's wonderful. I love this, the themes in both of those books. Uh, I love how you kept the character kind of the same uh, to show just different dynamics in people's lives. The first one especially just stands out to me as somebody with a unique name. I would have loved this book when I was younger, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a Native American name. Uh, You could probably relate with me at the different variations of names I've I've been called. You know, I've learned to be very gracious, uh, you know, understanding. But at the same time, I think there's a balance there where you can have an expectation for someone to put some effort into understanding your name, at least the enunciation. Right, right. Yeah. Do you have any um, stories of names that your name was translated to? You know, oh, common, yeah. like what are some of those? Definitely. And it was mostly my last name growing up because my name is Chinyere as well. Um, okay. You know, so the book is kind of named after me, you know, and I thought that was important because I was so embarrassed of my, la- of my middle name. Like my, my best friend didn't even know it. And so I was like, you know what? If that's, I'm not going to change the character's name. It's going to be my name. And so, um, yeah, so many stories of definitely malicious, definitely being teased and, you know, adding different things to my last name or people just not trying and saying, I'm just going to call you this, you know, like, no, that's not my name, (laughs) you know, and like you said, you know, I learned to be gracious about it, you know, and I'm not like an overtly angry or mean person. So I I internalize a lot of those things and that's not what I want others to do. But yeah, I've definitely had several just derogatory um, and I don't want to indulge in the negative Negativity, so I won't even like share those names. Just a lot of like negative variations of my name, yeah. you know, in an yeah. attempt to be funny. Yeah, and, and some people maybe they they weren't meaning you know things in a negative way, but you know that's your name. That's something that you hold on to. So it, yeah. it was something that and is still something that's you know valuable and precious to me. So yeah, yeah so many different. Ones. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it's so cool to see that in now a child's book. I can relate. I know there's so many others that can relate to what you're saying. Uh, as I grow older, I realize the importance of taking the time to hear somebody's name, maybe even ask yeah. some questions about it. Because inevitably, somebody with a name like that has a story to go along with it. Personally, I think, man, there's been nothing more in my life that has caused more random conversations with people. Yeah. You know, just somebody hearing the name asking where it comes from. And then that just cascades into so many more questions. So yeah, I I think uh, identifying that is is so cool. This is just one random story with regard to my name and kind of expecting people to at least make an effort to get it and not make up something completely different and call me that. Because this is Tuscaloosa and it's still a relatively small town, I won't get into too many specifics, but there was an occasion and this has not been long, but I knew this adult from childhood. They were very, I mean, I love this person, but they would always call me a name that was completely different than my name. 
Because it was just a nickname that stuck because initially they were either unable, unwilling, or confused by my name. Mm-hmm. And so they just had a... They, what, what happens is people don't have a category for such a name. And when right. they don't have a category, they put it in familiar categories. Right. And so for this person, it, it turned into something completely different. And I remember I'm, I'm talking, I'm probably 30 uh, when this happened. So probably a few years ago. And I see the person I hadn't seen them in a while. And they call me that name again. And I... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do anything mean. I just walked up to him, shook his hands. And I said, I bet you don't even know my real name, do you? Mm-hmm. You know, I shook his hand and, and um, told him my name and walked off. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and kind of like you're saying, like sometimes it's not malicious. Sometimes, you know, it is. But I think, you know, I, I just love the way that you were able to positively, like, you know, provide some correction, but still provide that correction that, that almost like, you know, respects my name. <laughs> you know, there is a reason <laughs> that I was given this name, you know, so. So, so I love that. And that's, you know, again, just bringing everything back to positivity. That's that's, that's my outlook on life. And so that's what I want people to to get from, you know, whether they're hearing this or reading the book, like it, right. it is positive to, to be yourself. And then in the, in the other book, in my second book, it is positive to love other people as they are themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Love them yeah. in their differences. I think that book is, um, man, I hope it it just explodes. I'm glad our listeners are able to hear about it. So listeners, if you know anybody that would just benefit from this book, make sure you check it out. Either of these books, um, they just speak to accommodation for people who may not be, I guess, typical. You know, when people find themselves in such situations, oftentimes I I imagine they could feel kind of isolated, unknown. And when they have a sense of somebody who knows them and gets that, uh, I'm sure it's such a gift. Mm-hmm. I'd love to just ask you some practical questions as as an author. I'd love to uh, hear what what made you a writer. Um, I think, you know, and it's so funny, one of my friends, we were talking about like, you know, how do you know what some of your gifts are? And we were talking about how it's like the things that you do effortlessly and that you kind of get compliments on and things like that. So I can't even remember when I started writing. I do remember, you know, in middle school, um, having a teacher in particular, like display my work and then in uh, the seventh grade writing like a, a play, but I still never looked at it like, oh, this is my strength. You know what I mean? Um, I just, you know, I would write songs growing up. It's just something that that I've done easily. You know, I do believe that it's a gift from God. And I just, I loved it to read. And then I loved to write my own, um, like stories and short stories, poems. So, you know, uh, my first book came out last year, but I I think I, I believe I started writing it about 2018. So okay, cool. So obviously, writing is a journey, and it sounds like you've been doing it for some time. And have there been any authors that have inspired you? Yeah, I would definitely start by saying my dad, just seeing him write, and he's written several books that have done pretty well, you know, just reading his writing and that kind of inspired me like, yeah, you can actually show your work to people. So just starting there and then just kind of growing up reading like the greats, Maya Angelou and Toni Morrison and Zora Neale Hurston uh, uh, and just a few others, um, you know, in school, I just... I would just always get lost. Like I'm just imagining myself now sitting in the desk in the morning time in English class, just getting lost in their work, you know, yeah. Alice Walker, a few others, but it's just, you know, I'll go back and read old short stories for inspiration and yeah. it, their work just inspires me. And a lot of it was just, you know, there wasn't a lot of fancy stuff, you know, it, it just felt like they were just writing straight from the heart, straight from what they knew. And I love that type of writing. For our listeners. And uh, I don't say this because I'm an authority on the matter, but uh, I do want to 
clarify just in case anybody wants to explore some of those authors that most of most, if not all the authors you just mentioned are black women, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just I think current culture would do well to expose ourselves to uh, their 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 writings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you for mentioning them. And, and uh, so glad that, that they inspired you. Your father inspired you. So he he's authored several books. That was was he writing when you were home as a child? Yes, absolutely. And he would um, have us to come and take a look at what he was writing. And at the time, I'd be like, I don't feel like reading this. But, you know, now I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is this is like a direct inspiration. Like this is how my brain was able to physically see that this can be done. And so I definitely don't regret those moments. But yeah, my dad, if anybody wants to check out his work, Dr. Udo Famadu, he's written okay. several books from poetry to, to um, self-help and things of that nature. So yeah, that was my what's, first. What's a title of maybe one if, if people were starting off reading your dad's works, what would you recommend? Um, if you like poetry, I would say Anthology of Inspiration. Um, there's also a book called Light that I really like. And then in terms of like, if you want to like a quick self-help, Seven Steps to Effective Decision Making. It's really short, but it gives you seven brief steps to to um, help you make a decision. And if you're indecisive like me, you'll like that one. Well, cool. I love leadership books, so I may have to check that one out. I love reading, so uh, I'll bookmark that. So continue to talk about your family. I know you had mentioned your Nigerian descent. What's a, maybe a brief family history? So in terms of my parents kind of immigrating to America, um, my dad actually immigrated um, in the early 80s. Um, he came first to California, you know, his entire goal was to come and pursue business and, you know, just become successful in business. Um, and then he met my mom when he went to Nigeria just to visit. Um, and so they kind of knew it was a love at first sight thing. And so they worked on the process and she immigrated in the late eighties. He eventually school landed him to Alabama, um, and then work landed him to Selma, Alabama in particular. Mm -hmm. So that's where we've been ever since, or I'll say that's where they've been. Went to school, kindergarten through 12th grade in Selma. But yeah, so that's how they ended up here. A lot of people will say like, how did you end up in Alabama? Like, how did they end up in Selma particularly? But it was more so like a education thing. And then, um, work led him directly to Selma. Cool. You've authored two books. Now, when did uh, the first book come out? It came out um, February of 2019. Okay. And then the second one? It, that one came out in September of this year, September 2020. Wow. Brand new. Brand new. Yeah. Awesome. And now are you already working on something new? Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm always, you know, and I have to really make sure that I do my gratitude list every day because sometimes I'll beat myself up. Like, are you being grateful? Are you paying attention to what's happening in the now? Because I'm always thinking of something different that I could be doing, you know, yeah. and not like in a bad way, but there's just like, I have all these ideas. So yeah, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely working on my future projects and just yeah. working on getting into other, other forms of art as well. I've been thinking about writing a novel. I know that that would take, you know, a lot more time, but that's kind of where this all started is a few years ago. I've said that I wanted to write a novel um, Hmm, and that just didn't come about. And and so I ended up kind of focusing here on children's books. But I think I do want to get back into writing a novel that pretty much has the same themes, but a lot more in depth and probably for an older audience maybe um, teens or even possibly for adults. That's the direction my brain is going in right now. Well, it sounds like you've already done a, a lot of research for it. 
And it sounds like research for such a book would be just awesome. I imagine you would probably seek out several stories from different people who are going through this stage of life. Um, yeah. You know, learning how have you navigated this? What are some stories you can tell? What could I incorporate into this story? Absolutely. Um, but when you're not writing, what are you doing? Um. So, of course, that's different right now. But things that I definitely <laughs> love to do um, are travel. Uh, I love to spend time with family. Um, sometimes I love to just relax and chill, you know, and watch documentaries. That's my thing. It's just like I'm always thinking about like, I want to watch a documentary today, yeah. you know. Um, and so those things. And then just doing personal like research, like not anything for school, but just researching on the topics I love and learning more. So I like mm-hmm. to hear people speak. So I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch like the greats. I'll watch like their speeches. That's my thing, you know, and just kind of self-teaching myself. So. Very nice. I'd love to just hear about your weight loss journey. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. It's so funny. I thought about it like while we were talking and, um, you know, it came to me, but then I, the thought went away. So I'm so glad you brought that up. But yeah, And I'll only bring it up. <laughs> um, listeners, you might be like, dang, he just asked about that. <laughs> um, you, wait, no. <laughs> you know, it's not like I was comparing two pictures. Um, you no, mentioned no, no, no. it very explicitly on your Instagram page. And, yes, uh, yes. You've posted several things about that, trying to just inspire, I'm sure, other people and yourself. Yes. And, uh, I was encouraged by it. I, I think many people would be. So <laughs> listeners, um, don't worry. I didn't pull that out of oh. thin air. <laughs> no, I actually love to talk about it and not in a gloating way or anything because I'm by no means where I want to be. But like... I wrote um, recently a short essay, um, just basically like how weight loss helped me learn Evo. Um, and of course, not literally, but I just mm-hmm. kind of feel like things started to open up when I lost the weight because anybody who's ever been on a weight loss journey or at least tried to or thought about it knows that it's a more of a mental thing than it is physical um, because the body can do what you tell it to do for the most part. But if the mind doesn't tell it to do it, you know what I mean? It's not going to happen. And so... I I just, you know, I was thinking about that this morning before we talked, like, I just don't know how I would have gotten to a place of speaking, you know, because I had a couple of speaking engagements last year. I had a huge fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would have gotten to a place of speaking or writing or wanting to even be pictured with my book or other people had I not have lost the weight. And it's not about like, oh, I think I look bad at, at uh, 80 pounds heavier, but it was the mentality. It was the yeah. treating my anxiety with food or treating bad days with right. food or not even being able to lose and keep the weight off because, you know, I would have moments where I'd be like, well, I don't, that's not my story. Like, I'm not going to be the one to lose the weight. I'll just support the people who are doing it. I'll just mm-hmm. support the people who are chasing their dreams. I'll be the girl in the background being their cheerleader. And yeah. so I found that like losing the weight, you know, and I tell people this, but I think sometimes things like this are something you have to experience to really understand what I mean. But I don't think that I would be on this path right now of, um, you know, cha- going towards my goals if I had not have like sat down and lost the weight and got my mind in check, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. to actually, you know, believe that these things can be done. And I yeah. think that losing weight was like the biggest feat in front of me because I really did not think I could do it because I had started so many times previously. 
but really like changing my mind. And it's not me. I give all credit to God. I'm a, I'm a Christian. So I, I can't say it, it was me, but like really like surrendering that over, having that belief that God, my higher power, um, could, could help me and could change my mind. Like that has been what's opened me up to really just changing my life in general. And I think yeah. my relationships have changed because yeah. I decided not to be, you know, I, I decided to be both. I'm still your cheerleader, but I'm still chasing my goals and still writing and still doing the things that feel good to me and yeah. so you know it's just it's a huge thing so like if somebody was like they they listened to this and they didn't want the book but they had questions about weight loss i'm always happy to help because i know how it changed my mentality about life period yeah. that is so cool to hear and i really appreciate you sharing that uh, yeah. i know it will be such an inspiration uh, has been an inspiration to many i'm sure but i'm sure anybody that listens to this will be so encouraged especially if they've walked that path um yeah. with defeat and are looking for victory yeah, yeah. Y'all check her out. She will certainly inspire you along with everything else you're doing. It's so cool to see all those things come together. Well, I want to circle back to Chinyere's listeners. If you've um, not already been inspired to go get it, Chinyere's brother, especially, I want to talk about the most recent one, is an excellent tool for uh, what Joy calls superheroes. And she's referring to <laughs> teachers when she says yes. that. Yes. And um, they are. I read. <laughs> yes. And so superheroes, y'all check this book out. She has written a resource for you in addition to children and families who are impacted by uh, such a life situation. It can be used to teach about ASD, friendship, stigmas that are placed on children, to raise awareness for disabilities, and just to be an advocate for these individuals in general. Joy, is there anything else you would encourage our listeners to in their 2020 or in their pursuance of their goals or in raising awareness for the things you care about? Yeah, yeah. You know, just as general encouragement, you know, something that always stopped me was like the thought of like uh, people and what they would think. And so I just really encourage people. And that, again, goes back to what my books are about to like forget people's thoughts. You know what I mean? Like we always want to seek wise counsel and have people in our corner, but don't allow that to stop you from pursuing the things that are inside of you. And if you are dealing with or if you have a family member, friend, cousin, whoever on the autism spectrum, nothing to be ashamed of. Be proud. Don't try to change them. Love on them. Let them be them and let them tell you what they want for their lives. Don't try to make that up for them. Anybody can be an advocate regardless of how small you feel your efforts are or how big they are. You know, you just need to ensure that you educate yourself, um, that you are aware of that particular person's needs um, and that you come at everything with a pure heart and not for personal gain. So, yeah. Well, that's so great to hear. And I um, look forward to just staying connected. Speaking of that, tell us where we can find you. Yeah. So everybody jokes that I have a million um, <laughs> Instagrams. Um, but my uh, most recent is Joy C. Ufamadu. J-O-Y-C-U-F-O-M-A-D-U. That's Instagram. And then on Facebook, I'm Joy Ufamadu. So we'll start there. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be able to find plenty there to encourage us to continue to raise awareness, be advocates. And also, if you're looking for inspiration and weight loss, um, you will find it there. Absolutely. Good deal. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me, Joy. It has been a joy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I, well, I so appreciate what you're doing um, with T-Town Stories. This is amazing and we need this sort of uplift. Absolutely. And I, um, it's been so cool to do that, to meet folks like yourself, folks who I may not have otherwise ever had the opportunity to meet. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, cool. 
Well, this again was such a encouragement to me. I know it was going to be an encouragement for our listeners. I'm, I'm going to buy the book on Amazon today. Listeners, you should do the same. Give it to some, a teacher for a Christmas for a gift. I think that would be a great idea. Thank you. Thank you so much.